Hello and welcome to the Activate Podcast. My name is Jillian Pelkey, and if you would like to hear past episodes, you can check it out on soundcloud.com or iTunes by searching Activate Jillian Pelkey. We're going to pray and then get right into the message for today. So let's pray together. God, I thank you that you are a God of miracles. I thank you for the miracle of Jesus being born in a manger. I thank you for the miracle of Jesus on the cross as a sacrifice for our sins. I thank you for the miracle of heaven. I thank you for the miracle of today. I thank you for breath in our lungs. Lord, open our hearts, open our minds to understand you better. God, make us holy like you're holy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, today we're going to talk about Christmas. We're going to talk about who is the Savior. And many of us as Christians, the answer is just super simple. Our Savior, of course, is Jesus. Our Savior, of course, is Jesus, the Son of the living God. There's a verse in Psalms 14, verse 1, and it says, The fool says in his heart that there is no God. Denies the existence of God altogether. The fool says in his heart that, it, that there is no God. Psalm 14 goes on to say that this fool who doesn't believe in God is corrupt, that his deeds are evil or are vile, not even evil, vile, They're, that they do no good, does no good. Corrupt, vile deeds does no good. The fool says in his heart there is no God. So he says it in his heart and then by his actions proves that he does not believe in God. We claim Jesus as our Savior, but then we become foolish sometimes. And in our heart, we begin to believe that we are our own Savior. And then by our actions, we begin to walk that out and act as if we are the ones in charge of our lives, as if we are the ones who are going to work out situations, who are going to move mountains and make miracles happen. And we forget that the Savior is still Jesus Christ, that the Savior still is Jesus Christ. We become our own Savior, and this is super dangerous, and I want to talk about it because it creeps in really quietly, and sometimes we don't even realize that we have tried to push Jesus out, and we have taken the throne, and we've become in charge of everything, and we've been in, become in charge of, of saving our children, and saving our families, and saving our finances, and saving all kinds of stuff. We have pushed Jesus off the throne of our lives, and climbed up, and sat down, and begun to rule our own lives. I want to remind you today that Jesus is the king. Jesus is the king. Jesus is our Lord. He is our savior. Jesus is the strength. He is the way, the truth, and the life. It's Jesus who beat sin. It's Jesus who overcame death. I am the pot and he is the potter. I am the human and he is God. Jesus is better than me. In every circumstance, he is better than me. In every situation, he is better than me. His motives are purer than mine. His thoughts are higher than mine. Jesus is better than me. Jesus is better than me. Jesus is in charge of me. 
He is my creator and I am his. I belong to him. He created me. I don't create him to what I want him to be. I am the created one. And I bow before him for, for the kingdom's cause. I bow before him, not just for a cause or a, a thing to uh, go after, a, a cause to rally behind, but because I am his servant. He is the king. I am less than him. A fool says in his heart that he is his own savior. And he proves it by the way that he acts. And it all turns out bad. But a wise person says, God is in charge. And I bow to him and his leadership in my life. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to heaven on Jesus's dime. I'm going to heaven on the back of his sacrifice through what he did, not because of anything that I've accomplished here on this earth. I'm going to heaven solely because of Jesus. I'm going to heaven solely because of Jesus. And I'm not going to slither in ashamed, guilt-ridden, and sad. No, because my sin has been swallowed up in the sacrifice of the blood of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to come to heaven and bow before the King of Kings, the King of the universe, and to once again pledge my allegiance and to offer again myself to the kingdom cause. I am his servant. I am his. I belong to him. He's God. I'm not. The fool says in his heart that there is no God. He is corrupt. His deeds are vile. There's no part of him that does good. The wise person would say that God is God and I am not. The disciples ask how to get to heaven in John chapter 14. And Jesus' response is, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. The way to heaven is to admit that you are a sinner and to accept the sacrifice of Jesus to cover every sin. And then there's life in Jesus. Then there's freedom for our souls and our lives. The way, the truth, and the life. The Bible says in John also to know the truth and the truth will set you free. The truth is we are sinners saved by grace, saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. And our freedom comes when we live life knowing that. He is the only one who can fix you. Jesus is the only one who can fix you. Jesus is the only one who can fix you. But you keep saying I'm not broken. Jesus is the only one who can fix you, but you keep saying, I'm not broken. You know, my husband and I have met with lots of couples to talk about marriage and and problems that issues that people are having in marriage. Never once has a couple come in and one of the people say to me, you know what, we're here to discuss a problem and uh, I know that it's all my fault. 
I'm the only one doing wrong. They've done nothing wrong. It's all me. I admit it. I am at fault. Can you help us? Nobody has ever said that. Why? Because they come in pointing the finger at the other person. They come in saying, I might have done a little bit wrong, but really the issue lies in that other person. I may have done this, but they, and they turn to point their finger at someone else. We do that in our lives. We forget that we are sinners. We forget that we uh, need Jesus' blood applied to our lives every day. We forget that He is the way, the truth, and the life, and we become our own Savior. We become our own fixer. And if there are problems, we say, well, I'm not as bad as so-and-so, and I turn and I point to someone else. I say, it's because of Him I've done this. It's because I've done a little bit, but really it's this other person. If we say we have no sin in our lives, then we're fooling ourselves. And the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he will forgive our sins. That's something God can work with. If we confess our sins, that's something God can work on in our lives. We're going to look at the book of 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. And it's right there near the end of your Bible if you're turning there. 1 John chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 8. It says this. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Who is the truth? Who is the way, the truth, and the life? Who is the truth? Jesus. If we claim to not have sin, then Jesus isn't even in us. See, Jesus is applied to our sins and sets us free. But if you sit here today or stand here today and claim that you are without sin, then you're claiming that you don't need Jesus. Today, I need Jesus. Today, I am a sinner. Today, I need the blood of Jesus applied to my life. And then I will be free. 1 John chapter 1, verse 8. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Verse 10. If we claim we have not sinned, We make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. Are you making God out to be a liar? He said, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's no sin that's not common to man. Are we pretending that we're perfect? Have we forgotten to admit today that we are sinners? When we admit it, then then we have something to work with here and then we can confess our sins and God can forgive us. But when we walk in saying we've done nothing wrong, it's all someone else's fault. When we take our problems and we say we'll fix them instead of relying on the person of Jesus Christ and the power of God himself. You know, how can we say that we are without sin? We're deceiving ourselves. I don't care how long you've been a Christian or how long you've been saved. You're deceiving yourself if you believe today that you sit here and you are without sin. We're going to look at Psalm 143. I'm sorry, Psalm 139. 
It says this, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before. You lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Verse 7, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created me in my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know them full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious are your thoughts for me, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Skip down to verse 23. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Now that psalm is just talking about how great God's thoughts are for you and how well he knows us. If God knows us that well, then he knows even the intentions of our hearts. He knows our motives. He knows everything about us. He knows if we are greedy or lazy or mean. He knows our anxious thoughts. He knows what what happens to us when all the stress of life comes around us. He knows what comes out. He knows our anger. He knows our jealousy. He knows our bitterness. He knows our attitudes. He knows everything about us. He is the creator. We are the created. He created us. How can we stand before that God who knows us so well and say, I am without sin? I am without sin. Then we become like the accusers of the woman caught in adultery. And Jesus says to them, you who are without sin, cast the first stone. And one by one, they began to walk away because they recognize that each and every one of us are with sin. We all have sin in us. So why are we trying to save ourselves? Why don't we just admit our sin? Because God says when you confess your sin, he's going to be faithful to forgive us. But we walk around as if we have no problems. We walk around as if we are our own gods. We walk around as if we are going to solve every problem in the world. We walk around trying to prove ourselves, trying to elevate ourselves. But we need to walk around proving Jesus, elevating Jesus, looking at Jesus. Christmas reminds us that he has arrived, that he is Emmanuel, God with us. Stop ignoring him. Stop pretending that you are without sin so that we can be free. He is the way, the truth, and the life. The truth is that we're sinners. The life part is we're free because of Jesus. The truth part is that we're sinners. The life part is we're free free from that sin, 
And when we're free from that sin, then we can be like Jesus. When we're free from that sin, then we recognize who Jesus is, our Savior. We recognize who we are here to serve. And then we can be like Jesus in the sense that we could find our own manger. What do I mean by that? Jesus came and was born in a manger. He came to live a lowly life. Would you find a place to lay yourself down to serve this Christmas season? Would you find your manger, your place where you're not in a spotlight, elevated, celebrated, but your place where you can serve other people? Serve this Christmas season. Serve past your preferences, past your wants and your expectations, past your greed. I am sure that if Jesus were given every preference that he wanted, he would not choose a manger to be born in. I'm sure his preference would be some, a different time in history in a different place. I'm sure uh, his expectations or his wants would be different. Could we get past that just like Jesus did? Could we find our own manger and make ourselves lowly? Can you make yourself lowly this Christmas season? Can we find modern day shepherds to serve, to invite in? Jesus invited shepherds. He invited lowly people. When's the last time you found a lowly person? And you didn't just look at them. You invited them to be part of what you have and what you're doing. What if we served this Christmas? What if we serve and we live on full speed, leaving nothing on the table, and we give ourselves away like Jesus did? It's impossible if you're the Lord of your own life. It's impossible to be lowly if you're trying to elevate yourself. And the only reason we try to elevate ourselves, the only reason we try to prove ourselves as if we want to be the savior of our own lives or somebody else's. It's God who moves mountains. It's God who does miracles. It's not you. It's the gospel that sets us free. It's the blood of Jesus that sets us free. You are free only because of Jesus. Get back in a place where he is in charge, where he is the potter and you are the clay. Get back in that place where he designed your life. And then you'll be free to love shepherds. You'll be free to love lowly people. You'll be free to jump out of the spotlight and to elevate Jesus. It's for freedom that Christ has come to set us free. He's come to set us free to serve just like he did. He has arrived in a manger. Where's your manger this Christmas? Where are you going to serve? Even if you get no thanks even if you're made fun of, even if you're not elevated, where are you going to serve this Christmas? We have a whole lot more than we realize. You know, uh, last night my son was not feeling well and he went to bed sick. And I was laying in my bed later on that night and I was thinking just how far away in the house he was from me. In distance, how far away he was from me. How actually big my house is. How much space I actually have. 
And if you've ever been to my house or you know my house, it's not very big in the standards of this world. Um, John and I's bedroom is so small that we can't fit in dressers. So we have to put in a closet system and we put all of our clothes in a closet system and in bins and things like that in the closet. Um, if we walk around the bottom of our bed, we both can't pass each other at the same time um, because our bed barely fits in our room. In the standard of houses in, in America, we have a small house. But last night as I was laying there in bed, I realized just how big my room was compared to a house in Liberia, Africa. I realized just how far away my son was, how much I have. How when I talk about a closet system it's and bins of clothes, it's because I have more than one pair of pants. It's because I have a, a, a rack full of clothes. I run out of hangers. I run out of spaces for my sweaters. I have so many shoes that we have under the, under the bed uh, bins that we pull out. Oh my goodness, if I thought of how many pairs of shoes I have and compared to other women, I don't have a lot of shoes, but I probably have a good 30 pairs of shoes. 30 pairs of shoes. And I think about my friends in Liberia who have one pair of flip-flops that are so many sizes too small. Perspective is a very, very sobering thing. Today we need to gain some perspective and realize no matter what amount of money I ever have, no matter what amount of attention I ever get, no matter what job I have or people who um, work for me or places that I go or visit, I can never be my own savior. No matter what PhD I get or knowledge I get or amount of books I read or God is still God. The perspective is that I am not the savior of my life. I am still and always will be a sinner saved by grace. I am still and always will be a sinner saved by grace. Righteous because of the person of Jesus Christ. He is the way. The truth is I'm still a sinner. And the life part is I'm free from that sin. It's the life part that we want first, but we have to remember, we got to put it in perspective. It's all Jesus. It's all Jesus. And when we gain that perspective, then all of a sudden we're free to serve people. All of a sudden we don't have to do all kinds of things to work ourselves up because we're satisfied in Jesus. And then we can serve. If you're not serving, maybe you're not satisfied. Maybe you're wanting people to notice you. Maybe you haven't laid down your life. Jesus laid down his life so much so that he was born in a manger. So much so that he lived a life without a lot of money, without a lot of cars, without a savings account. He spent it all. He spent all of himself 
Will you spend all of yourself? Are you free to give yourself away? This Christmas, will you find a lowly place to serve? And that might be uh, serving the people in your home. That might be serving relatives. Jesus served people who were worse than him. We don't look for the best of the best to serve. We have to look for the worst of the worst to serve. It may be relatives that you need to be kind to. It may be people at church, people at work, any kind of people anywhere. Will you give yourself for them? Do they deserve it? No. But when you remember who you are, you remember that you're a sinner saved by the grace of Jesus, who's perfect. Then you can give yourself away for someone who's not perfect. You can be like Jesus in that sense. But first, gaining that perspective, remembering who we are. Let's read 1 John one more time. 1 John chapter 1, and we'll start at verse 8. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claimed we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and the word is not in us. Remember who you are and who God is. He is the king. He is the Lord. He is the savior. He is the strength. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the one who beat sin. He overcame death. I am the pot and he is the potter. I am the human and he is God. He is better than me. He is in charge of me. He is my creator and I am his. Confess your sin and he'll be faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness, and then you're free to serve other people. Don't get caught up in being your own savior this Christmas. Find your own place to serve. Find your own lowly manger to serve. Find your own shepherds to invite. Spend your life, because now you're free. Spend your life for other people who don't deserve it. Spend your money on people Spend your time on people. Spend your life on people because you're free. Be undone by who Jesus is this Christmas season. It just, it undoes us when we realize all that he's given. Let's pray together. Jesus, I thank you for coming to a manger and not a palace. Jesus, I thank you for inviting shepherds and not just those who are in political power. Jesus, I thank you for living a sinless life and showing us the way. Jesus, I thank you for the truth that that you've revealed to us. You were the light and darkness couldn't be in your presence. I thank you for revealing yourself to us. And I thank you that we have life in you, that you came to loose every chain, to set every captive free. And God, I pray that we would admit our sin, that we could be set free. And God, in our freedom, I pray that we would serve just like you did. Teach us to be like you, Jesus. Teach us to be friends with taxpayers and and, and the unlovable. Teach us to love like you loved. Teach us to give our whole lives, to be spent for the, for the good of others. Help us to be like you, Jesus. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for Christmas. In Jesus' name, amen.